0: Hallelujah, hallelujah. There's just the hallelujah spirit in this house today. Hallelujah. Got your Bibles. Let's go to the book of John real quick. Book of John. While you're turning there, first of all, on behalf of Pastor, Sister Mayo, we want to welcome all of our guests. I know we have, but let's, why don't we do that again? Can we do that, church? Let's welcome every guest that's here this morning. There's this very special guest we want to recognize this morning, and that is Sister Carla. Uh, she looks like she may have stepped out. This is Sister Larson's daughter. Now, some of y'all that's been around here a while, we know Brother Sister Sister Larson. They served in many ways. Sister Larson was our secretary for 15 years or so. And Brother Larson, he was just a good old, good man, good handyman. And uh, did what he could for the church. So I know she's not in here at this moment. She stepped out here. But we give her double honor. We're so thankful for the impact of her parents. Aren't we, Cornerstone? Thank you, Jesus. I want to say... I want to say it is so good to be home. There, I know it's used talking about our places of a home and where we live and raise families, but there's no place like home, and I'm talking about the home church. I'm thankful for my church, I'm thankful for every one of you saints, brothers and sisters in Christ, I appreciate all your prayer and support, I, we cherish your prayers, continue to pray and lift us up as we try to do the will of God, I give my honors to my wife, and little boy, they are, they are my everything and my rock, I'm so glad my nephew Kai is here with us, He got to stay another week and hang out with his aunt and uncle and so, so proud of him. Good young man. Book of John chapter 15. I want us, I want us to pray. We tapped in something a moment ago, that last choir song that they sang, the end of that song. And I wonder, we're going to get to the word, but I wonder if we could just pray. And let's tap back into what we had entered into. Can we do that right now? Can you help me? The way Cornerstone knows how to pray. Come on. Oh, God. Come on. Let's not take a day off. I know Pastor's not here, but uh, we can't afford to take days off. Come on. Come on i know i'm pushing you but i i I want us to get back into that vein come on let's pray feel what do what you feel right now come on lift your voice come on hallelujah for your glory god i'll do anything for your presence god i'll do anything come on we can't do this without him We have talented musicians and singers, but we got to have the anointing of God. Come on. Hallelujah. I'm thankful for the word of God, but we, we need an almighty God to anoint it today. Come on, pray. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. John chapter 15 verse 19 If you were or if you were of the world the world would love his own but, be, but because you're not of the world but I have chosen you out of the world therefore the world hateth you Let's flip over to 1 John chapter 2 1 John chapter 2 Verse 15, love not the world, either the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. Brother Malachi, I'm going to change the title just a little bit. Sorry to do that to you, but... With the help of the Holy Ghost, we're going to preach today about creating and maintaining separation, creating and maintaining separation. Why don't we pray one more time before we enter into the word of God? Let's pray. Come on. In the name of Jesus, I'm thankful for what we feel here. I'm thankful for what you've done already in this service. God, but I pray for the remaining of this service, God. You would open the eyes of our hearts. Let's receive your word, God. Let us leave differently than we have come into this sanctuary today. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, you can be seated. Thank you for standing in honor of the word of God. I would be remiss to say I give honor to my pastor and his wife, Brother and Sister Mayo, in their absence. Thankful for the confidence and the belief in me. I give them high honor this morning. It is a massive topic and subject. Many of you are privy to it here today. And that is the topic of, hold on to your seats, the food that we eat. Now, it's awfully quiet because I know we like to eat, but this topic of food is interesting because the produce, the fruit, and the crops in which we, a lot of us digest and take in today is not exactly the same as it used to be. Maybe you're unaware, I doubt if you are, but there's a little thing called GMOs genetically modified they're genetically modified foods the the ear of corn that you see in the produce department resembles a little bit of what the original ear of corn looked like but today it is much larger it's full of GMOs it's full it has been altered the DNA of which the, that ear of corn ear of corn it has been it's been altered, it's been changed. And the purpose of these alterations of these produces and fruits that we eat, it's so that farmers can produce more and quicker. They're not concerned about the the, the effects of which they're pumping into all of this. Now, many of you know, and I'm not going to bore you and go back into this, but I, I my grandfather was an incredible uh, man, And he had an incredible garden A very large fruit and vegetable uh, garden And it was organic I hate to bust your little bubble You're spending a lot of money in the grocery stores And Sister Kanuza can help me with this And amen me here Just because it says organic Doesn't mean it's truly organic It's still been altered It's still been tampered and so really, the truly, the only way that you get something in its truest form organic without being jeopardized and separated from pesticides and separated from uh, miracle Grow and all these chemicals in which you can produce fruit quickly and vegetables cr- quickly is to do it yourself. You have to create your own garden and grow it yourself. Now there are pros, like I said, they can the the crops uh, they, they they increase significantly. There there is a uh, there's a plus for it. There literally in this my study, I found these this verbiage here. The pros to genetically modified vegetables is that one of them is to increase the attractiveness to the consumer. It looks like a really good tomato. But you eat a store-bought tomato and you order, eat a garden tomato. The appearance will feel, uh, fool you, excuse me. It looks attractive. Isn't that ironic? They're less likely to uh to bruise or turn brown. So they're manipulating the structure of that vegetable so that there is a, a, a longer shelf life to it. greater resistance to viruses and diseases, they're saying. There's a greater tolerance uh, to the elements. There's a greater uh, resistance to insects and pesticides, they're saying. This is what this study is saying here. They're able to thrive in harsh environments and climates such as drought or heat, and they're also able to grow in salty soil. This is what they're claiming. These are pros to these genetically modified foods that we eat. The cons, and there's a whole lot more cons than there are pros. There are tons of allergic reactions. Tons of it. There are they're finding because of the foods that we're eating full of GMOs that cancer is prevalent and growing at an all time rate. Because they have altered the original form because they want more. I'm gonna get somewhere here this morning. Because they want more quantity, they want it to look more attractive so that their pocket can, the farmer's pocket can be uh, f- uh, more full of money. They are not concerned about the effects of it. But they're also, the study have found, with GMOs being consumed the way that they are since 2009, this study, that it has actually changed the human DNA. That it is pumping our bodies full of toxic toxic, uh, 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 things, poisons, if I could say it that way. The risk of this, is our own bodies, our own health, genetically? I'm gonna go there. Genetically modified church and Christian life will not stand. The pros might be: you'll grow a faster church, you'll have a larger a larger crowd. It will look attractive to those in the world, but it will not stand. The cons will be there will be a compromised body. Cancers of all kinds will set in. Toxic, vile, venomous spirits will enter into the body. We cannot budge on our separation. Separation. we 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 cannot we have to we have to create a separation and we have to maintain that separation I know throughout this congregation today, there are people that are just coming to God, finding God themselves. They're going to come to a realization that I, I have to separate myself from this world. I cannot cross seed. I cannot genetically modify the word of God to fit it and to apply it to my life. But I have to separate it. And then the saint of God that has been living for God for some time has to maintain separation. The church does not need worldliness to grow. Specifically, we could talk about many things of separation, but I felt in the Holy Ghost this week uh, when I came back uh, and entered into uh, Liberty Lake and began to seek God. He began to speak to me, and and he he spoke to me directly. And we have to deal with this, this little thing that is creeping in in the church, and that is called worldliness. The church does not need worldliness to grow. But there has to be a separation. Let not the world, nor the things of the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. I'm preaching about separation here today. You, oh, come on. I'm uh, Just from the get-go, I know I started slow, but I'm in the saddle now. You are not going to be blessed. You are not going to be quote-unquote used because worldliness has crept into your life. You have to create a separation in your life. Yes, there is separation. I'm getting ahead of myself uh, here today. There's separation one way or the other. There's separation from the world or there's separation from God. You choose today which one it will be. You, you look at the world and its uh, uh, its pleasures, quote, unquote. You look at the world and all that it offers, and you, you draw yourself to it. You give yourself to it, and what you're doing is creating distance, separation between you and God. I'm telling you here today, there will be separation one way or the other. But I don't know about you, but I want to be separate from the world. I want to be closer to God. Whatever costs, whatever it means, I'll do it. Whatever I got, there cannot be a cross seating. You cannot have the world and have the things of God, you cannot cross modify. Oh, I'm gonna preach here today. And I've got Bible. I've got Old Testament Bible. In Leviticus it says, "Ye keep, you shall keep my statutes. Thou shalt not let the cattle gender with their diverse kind. Thou shalt not sow thy field with mingled seed." There was a law. God wanted them to keep, keep that linen pure, and He was letting them know. You gotta keep the seed. You gotta keep your field pure. You gotta keep that field pure, pure and uh, without any blemish. You gotta keep all the the things that could cross seed and mingle with that uh, that crop because he required purity. He required the best. I'm preaching better than you're responding here this morning. God has called His church out. He's called us to be separate, and it's not a New Testament doctrine, but it's an old uh, old Testament doctrine doctrine, Deuteronomy tells us, thou shalt not sow thy vineyard with diver's seed, lest the fruit of thy seed which thou hast sown and the fruit of thy vineyard be defiled, you can't have the world and have the things of God. It produces misery. Oh, I'm going to preach this morning. There are quote, unquote, apostolic churches that have compromised. They have allowed worldliness on their platforms. They have allowed worldliness in their homes, and they have compromised the yield of their fruit. Oh, they have somewhat of an appearance of uh, of, uh, apostolic doctrine or holiness. There is somewhat of an appearance of it, but there's also a whole lot of appearance of worldliness in them. And God cannot be glorified where there is worldliness. You cannot have the appearance of the world and at the same time have the appearance of God. You cannot have both. That seed... You're you're contaminating the seed, the purity, the, the the innocence of the kingdom of God, the purity, the beauty of holiness in which we have. It's a separated. It's a. What why why do we have holiness? Why has He called? I'm getting so far ahead of myself. But why has He called us out to be separate? It's so that we can be closer to Him. So that we can be more Christ-like. Brother and Oswald, you were in the Holy Ghost. You did see the uh, the image of God. It was a. Pure white robe. The only thing on that uh, was the end of his train. He said it so beautifully this morning. He's overcame the world. He overcame your your lust. He overcame your, your desires of the world. I don't know about you, but I want to be more like him. I don't want to be like no movie star. I don't want to be like any sports stars. I want to be like Jesus. I want to be pure. I want to be innocent. We wonder why our teenagers are getting jacked up. It's because we've allowed worldliness to come into their life. Worldliness through uh, social media. Worldliness through, I'm going there, through the modern cell phones that we have. That's how we're allowed. They're messed up. They're addicted to pornography. They're uh, they're dressing inappropriately. They're doing all that. Why? Because you've allowed a seed of worldliness in their life. They don't. I'm gonna go there. They don't need a cell phone. Let me be transparent. I was exposed to pornography a long time ago, and I'm not very old, but almost 30 years ago, somewhere in there. No, I guess it wouldn't be that long, 20 something years ago. And there wasn't think such thing as a smartphone. Fifth grade. Minding my own business, going to the restroom, and these boys have this magazine. Why in the world would we give them a cell phone? We're talking about separation. Come on. Well, it's just a cell phone. It's just a little social media. This is where they can meet, mingle with their friends and all that. Now, Baloney. It's a vein, it's an, ad, it's, it's an avenue in which worldliness can creep in. I'm a full-grown man. Let me tell you something. I, I was, my wife has Instagram, and I, I'm not the pastor, and I'm not preaching against social media. But she was looking at her Instagram the other day, and I'm like, my God, I can't even look at my wife's Instagram. And it's not because she follows anything inappropriate. It's what they throw in your face. I don't care how careful you are. I'll go ahead and say it to an adult. You need to throw the cell phone away. You need to get, re- why? Because it's allowed worldliness in your life. It's allowed a, a seed of worldliness to come in there and intermingle and twine with the, 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 the fruit of the spirit and it cannot produce fruit. The fruit of this world and the fruit of the spirit are two separate things. You cannot have both. There has to be a Separation. 2 Corinthians chapter 6 tells us, Wherefore come out from among them, and be separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean, and I will receive you. Come out. You're here today. Maybe this is your first time in an apostolic church. Maybe you've been visiting for a moment. You need to keep coming, but you need to realize for things to be changed in your life. Some of you here today, I'm so far ahead of myself today, but I'm trying to follow the Holy Ghost. And some of you are here today struggling with things, quote unquote. You have this problem, you got this struggle, and you've got this situation. You need deliverance from this, but you're not willing to separate yourself from it. I'll go ahead and say it. If you're, if you're addicted to pornography, you need to separate yourself from every avenue, every channel that you can access that pornography You gotta separate yourself. Some of you got a lust problem, lust of the eye. I'm gonna go there. And you think you got it under control and you're going into worldly gyms, quote unquote, working out. I'm not the pastor, I ain't preaching against going to the gym. But hey there's just some places you don't go why? Because it's a, it's a stumbling block. It's a, a seed of worldliness that you can allow in and breed something into your life and it won't produce fruitfulness in the kingdom. But it'll fruit it, it'll produce bitter fruit of this world. You can cross seed with the world. You can you can alter the DNA You can genetically modify that DNA. And yes, I've already said it, and I'm not going to be redundant, but I will repeat it. You can grow a crowd. You know, if there was no standard, if there was no separation from the world, and this was just a free-for-all, that you could live however you wanted, and you could do whatever you want, you could watch whatever you want, and you could go wherever you want and do all these things it'd be a lot easier to grow a crowd. It'd be a lot less stressful. But that's not an apostolic church. That's not the true church. But in the long run, hear me, hear, hear me today. Worldliness. I, 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 yeah, you, you're drawing the crowd. Yes, you're, 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 it feels good to your flesh, but in the long run, it will cost more. You will lose children. You you will jeopardize your children's salvation. I'm preaching to a parent here today that you need to wake up and smell the coffee, that you need to stop jacking around with the world and say, as for me, I'm talking to a father here today. For me and my household, we're going to serve the Lord, and that means I'm going to stand in the doorway of this home, and I'm going to say no worldliness, nothing that looks like the world, nothing that smells like the world, nothing... happening there's a greater cost pull your head out of the sand and realize that eternity is in jeopardy when you're jacking with the world and the things of the world love not the world 1st John tells us neither the things of that are in the world Hey, I'm speaking to myself today. There's some things that are quote-unquote not sins that I like. But it's worldliness. It's idolatry. And I God, I felt God convicted me this morning. I got to preach to myself before I preach to you. There's some things I got to straighten up. It's not that big of a deal. But if I allow it, it can become a big deal. The thing, well, i mm, I'm getting ahead of myself. Matthew tells us that no man can serve two masters, for either he will take the one and love the other, or else he will hold the one and despise the other. Ye ye cannot serve God. and man. You can't love the world and say you love God. You can't say that you love the things in this world and say that you got the love of God in you. We got, there's got to be separation. So I, I, I know we're in this world. We have to coexist. I, there's a separation. We still have to go to the same grocery store as a sinner. We still have to go uh, to the same place of work with the sinner. But there's a separation. When there's separation for worldliness, when you're on the job and they tell a dirty joke or they're talking about an uh, inappropriate subject, you turn around and walk off. That's separation. That's showing God, I want to be closer to you than I want to be closer to them. <laughs> Creating and maintaining separation. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, is not of the Father, but is but is of the world, and the world passeth away, and the lust thereof, but he that doeth the will of God abideth, abideth forever. I want to be separate. I want to live in this doctrine of separation. I want to create it for myself and my family, and then I want to maintain it because I want salvation. I want an eternal blessing. I want to abide with him forever. Whatever the cost, you, you might be looking at it and say, well, that's just too great of a cost. You're silly. I love you, but you're silly. We're talking about eternity, we're talking about the salvation of our family. There's not he 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 paid the ultimate cost, the ultimate price. So a little separation. Uh, come on, you're looking at it as rules and regulations when you should be looking at it as separation. You're looking at it as rules and regulations when you you need you need to get the revelation of it. It gets me closer to God. It separates me from it, and it gets me closer to God. You need to you need to flip the switch in your mind. Thank God, Pastor, uh, we have an incredible pastor. And thank God for a healthy church. That, and not very often that we hear Pastor get up. He will when God, the Holy Ghost speaks to him. But not very often he has to get up and, and draw the line and, and remind, every once in a while, it's healthy. And I'm thankful that he has to draw the line and tell us, hey, we need to tighten it up over here. And we we need to look, you know, we're looking a little loose over here. That's right. He's he's doing what he's supposed to do, but wouldn't it be amazing if we would just get it for ourselves and to realize, man, that's worldly. I ca- I can't entertain that. I can't. We would save the pastor a lot of heartache and a lot of pain if we would just be mature Christians and people of God and saying, I've got to separate myself from it. I've got to separate. Separation is powerful. It's not a sign of weakness. You're looking at holiness and separation of the world as weakness because I can't do it because my pastor says no. But when I say no, I'm not going to do that. There's a power in it because I'm getting closer to God. Come on, somebody help me here today. There's separation from the beginning. All the way back, the people of God were in bondage and slavery in Egypt. He called the man a leader, Moses, to call them out of that. He led them all the way to the river. God performed the miraculous, split the river wide open. They crossed on dry land. There was a separation. That's part of baptism. The river is a type of baptism. Baptism. That's why it's so important that you're baptized, but not just baptized any other way anyway, but in the only name of Jesus, the saving name of Jesus Christ. Because that begins the separation, the washing away of all your sins. There's a separation, a sling clate in which you can deny the world, separate myself to the world so that I can be closer to him. Stop looking at it as rules and regulation, but start viewing it as I'm getting closer to God. I'm getting closer to God. We find in the book of Matthew, chapter 13, verse 18, it says, Hear ye therefore the parable of the sower. When anyone heareth the word of the kingdom and understand it, understand it not then cometh the wicked one, and catch away that which is sown in his heart. This is he which received the seed by the wayside. But he that received the seed in the stony places, the same is he that heareth the word, and anon the joy receiveth it. Yet hath he no root in himself, but dureth for a while. For in the tribulation or persecution arises because of the word by and by. He is offended. He also that received seed among the thorns is he that heareth the word. And the care of the world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word and he become, becometh unfruitful. He becometh unfruitful. Why? Because the care of this world and the deceitfulness of it chokes it out. You hear this preaching. You hear pastors preaching. You hear any man that graces this pulpit. And you hear it, but there's still an element of the world in you that begins to choke it out. The word cannot produce fruit in you. It cannot even begin to to grow roots and establish itself in your spirit, in your soil, spiritual soil, because there's an element of the world still there, and it will choke it out worldliness will always choke out godliness worldliness will always choke out anything anything that resembles godliness we have to separate ourselves from it to be fruitful we must we must separate ourselves we must separate well let me say it like this You can't just, you can't decide one day you're gonna grow a crop and go out into your 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 yard and begin to dig a little hole and put a seed in there and begin to water it. But you have to examine the soil. You have to you have to realize and see what's the content of that soil. I'm not no, I'm not an expert. I wish I was but there has to be the right contents in that soil. There has to be the right things for that to produce well. So when a gardener, when a farmer decides he's going to plant a garden there, he's going to examine it. He's going to look at it, right, what, what's there. And nine times out of 10, I, 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 would, I would bet you that there's some things that he would have to take away from it, separate from that soil for it to be fruitful. This, this, thing, this thing about living for God, it's not about us building buildings and, uh, effort, effort, uh, you know what I'm trying to say, buildings and uh, great things and campuses and all this. The, it's not about that. It is. We want to reach the lost in the world. But it's also about you as individuals being fruitful also. Because if you're being fruitful, if you've got great soil with the the separation of worldliness, then you can be fruitful. And when you're fruitful, the body is fruitful. When there's healthy individuals, when there's healthy saints, when there's separation from the world, collectively as a body, we can become fruitful and have revival like the end time prophecy says. But there has to be a removal of things. There has to be a separation. Some of you are warring in your spirit even as I preach today. Some of you are are offended of what I'm saying here today. You're offended when pastor sends you the text message, when he gives you the call, when he addresses something over the pulpit. You're offended. You're wrestling with it. But you're not wrestling with the man. You're not wrestling with me today. You're not even wrestling with the word of God per se, but you're wrestling with the spirit of this world. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. I'm talking about the rulers of the darkness of this world. That's what you're uh, warring with. That's what you're fighting against because the worldliness in you, the, the unrighteousness in you is saying it feels good. I enjoy it. it. I like it. And just because he's saying I shouldn't do it, I shouldn't watch that, it feels good to me. So you're in this constant war. But what you need to realize if you'll separate, if you'll create a distance between you and that, you will become closer to the things of God, the word of God, the man of God. The th- Come on now. Stop getting offended. Stop. Some of you have contemplated leaving the church. Some of you have to contemplated walking away and going somewhere else because pastor just won't budge on that. He won't allow that here. Let me tell you, it's not about him not budging, but it's about him uh, warning you that you should separate yourself because there's a danger in, in genetically modifying. There's a danger in cross seeding with the world. Your love, your love for the things of the world. What you're saying, when you have a bad attitude, when you buck up against the authority of the man of God, what you're saying is the, the love of the world is greater than the love of the word of God. What you're telling, you, 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 some of you don't really like this right now, but what you're saying, when you buck up against the man of God, you're saying, I'm actually closer to the things of the world than I am the word of God. There's a greater separation from the word of God than there is the world. I'm not here to offend anybody. I'm not here. But I know what I felt in the Holy Ghost, and I'm not going to back off of it. (laughs) Elder Clark, if we had time, you could testify. Sister Clark, you could testify. An apostolic church that stood for something, that had separation, that had holiness, the form of godliness. And then a compromise here. And then a little compromise here. And a little one over here, and elder, am I telling the truth? It doesn't even have the appearance of a- apostolic Pentecost, does it? You think you think this is just a young little whippersnapper preacher up here. Will you talk to the elder right there? There's others in here that could testify to the same thing. There, There is all these, at one point in time, There's research. There are men of God that did this research in the last, I believe, two years, and there's a book out about it now. These churches, that were mega houses, powerhouses of revival, apostolic revival. Bishop Holmes, God spoke to him. He got a burden and began to study, and there was other men that joined him, and they did the legwork, and they went, and they talked to saints out of all those old churches that once had it, and there there was a common... Common theme. They quit separating themselves from the world. And that the space between them and God was greater than it was from the world. A little compromise over here and a little compromise here. I'm not saying, don't misunderstand me. If you've never heard the message, Bishop Wade Bass preached the message on our opening night of our summit conference this year. I'm not saying that our methods can't change. Obviously, it looks different. What we experienced in worship today looks a whole lot different than when I was your age, Georgie. Junior, it looked a lot different when I was your age, but the message is still the same. The anointing is still there. The power. Let me tell you something. Yeah, they've got a little. They have the appearance of worldliness. They have. A, they. They have a little seed of worldliness in their congregation and on their platform. But the anointing's not the same. The power's not the same. And I, I say this with all respect. It grieves me to see. I, I've been in people's homes which stood against Hollywood at one point and television. As a matter of fact, I I found family members that stood so strong against television and Hollywood that when we would enter into a, a hotel room, that they would cover it up with a towel. But now we sit in their living room, in their family room, and there's not, there's a television in there. They're watching sports while we're hanging out with the family on their cell phones. It grieves me. I love them. They're still great people. I think they still love God, but what they've done is they compromise and allow a little worldliness in there. And if they're not careful... The love of the worldliness, the, 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 the standard in which they was held, the, the, the stance in which they had that, uh, that grew them so close to God, the anointing which was there, the, the, the power in which was there is jeopardized. Elder Sergeant, am I telling the truth? Look past my youth. Please, don't discount. It's not my word. It's the word of God. Cornerstone, if you're a guest here, this is not for you. I'm talking Cornerstone. Cornerstone, it's time that we go home and we clean some things out. The restriction of flow. I heard since we were gone in the last six weeks or so, I heard there's been old time flows and moves like it used to be and just a 100 yards in that building. What would happen if we would completely Get all those things which are restricting. All the, I've specifically the worldliness. I know what I felt in the Holy Ghost. I know what God spoke to me. Worldliness. If it looks like the world, if it sounds like the world, get rid of it. We used to have. And I'll go back. I'm not that old, but I remember they used. Uh, 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 they used to get trash barrels, and we'd go out to these people's house. And people that weren't living for God the way they should have, or, or maybe they just came to God, they would build a fire in those barrels. And I, I know it's just, a, it's just, you ain't got to do this. We don't have to do this. But it was a powerful point. And they would bring all their, their VCRs and their movies, and they would bring all their ungodly, worldly clothing, and they would bring all these things that represented worldliness, and they would begin to burn it. And it signified to God, I'm creating separation. I don't need that anymore. I have you, God. And as long as I'm, I want to, some of you want to be used of God, but you don't want to, you don't want to, ta- you, you 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 don't want to, you don't want to do what it takes to be used. You're, you're, you're so, you're wrapped up in the worldliness. You're wrapped up in uh, what everybody else is doing and, and all this and uh, uh, instead of realizing that that will not produce anointing. Worldliness will not produce power. world It won't. But separation will. Holiness. Oh, you might be saying, oh, it's just a sleeve link. It doesn't really matter. Does it? Does it? Let me tell you something. What was represented on this platform today was beautiful. Modesty. Holiness. Godliness. And you and I... We got to benefit from it because where there's a a standard of holiness and separation from the world, there's power, there's anointing, there's a freedom to worship and praise him. Hey, some of you, thank God, thank God, but some of you, all you know is Cornerstone, and I thank God for that. Brother Reed, you know as well as I do. We've been around a few places it ain't, I, I, I'm not being mean. I'm not, I don't have an ugly spirit, but it's not created equally everywhere. Where you see a little worldliness mingled in, when you see this and that, and, uh, the anointing, the power, it's restricted. One of the greatest men that I know, I didn't, I didn't get to know him personally. I got to meet him one time. My, my brother got to know him very, got to know him very personally. But I asked him one day. It was Brother Merle Ewing. I asked him. I said he he was such a pure man, wasn't he? And my brother said, "You have no idea. You yeah, you could just you don't know, he, he he's passed on, and, but you could just watch his messages and his preaching, and the purity, the godliness, the holiness would just it would just ring off of him." drip off of him, he had an understanding, there was a power, there was an anointing there because there was separation, separation, I've come to talk someone out of this, you're messing with the world, if you're not careful the world will get you I'm hurrying to a close. We're the people of the light. And we understand. Darkness doesn't consume light. Light consumes the darkness. You're the light of the world a city that is set on a hill that cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel but on a candlestick and give it light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they might see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. But the path of the just is as a shining light that shineth more and more unto the perfect day. The way of the wicked is as darkness. They know not at what they stumble. For we, ye, rather, were sometimes darkness, but now you, light in the Lord. Now are ye light in the Lord. Walk as the children of light, for the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and in truth, proving what is acceptable unto the Lord, and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them, for it is a shame even to speak of those things which are done of them in secret. But all things that are reproved are made manifest by the light. For whatsoever doth make manifest is light. Wherefore he saith, he saith, awake thou that sleepest, arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. It's time as the church of the living God. We are in the end time revival. God's coming is nearer than it's ever been. It's not time to compromise. It's not time. I've been saying this, I said this a couple times in the last little bit. But the cute little Sunday school song that we used to sing growing up, we got to throw it out. This little light of mine. How ridiculous is that? It's not a little light. But the light that we have, the potential that we have in us is not little, but it's great. Oh, it'll be little if there's worldliness. Oh, it'll be little if there's no separation. You know why? And I, I'm trying to hurry for a close. Brother Jordan, come help me. You know why fasting is so powerful? Because there's separation. You're separating yourself from that plate of food. And what it gives to your body and what you need from it. And saying, I'm going to separate myself. I'm going to consecrate myself from that. And what it does is gets me closer here to God. It's time that we, as the church of the living God, we, we just be, be the light. It's hard to be the light when you're, you're, you, you. <laughs> I'm not joking. It is a quote unquote outreach method. I, I heard this. I'm not joking. And I'm not, I, I want you to hear me. I'm not being ugly. But a quote unquote outreach method to go to a ball game. And witness to people. I, I heard this with my own two ears. I'm like, you're going to a place of worship, of idolatry, and participating in it. And then at the same time, oh, by the way, why don't you come? Does that not sound bizarre. That doesn't sound like there's any separation. That sounds like we're all in. Because this feels good and I like this. But oh yeah, I, I love God and I I like what I feel when I go to church. No, I'm not kidding. It's a method of outreach now. How can you be the light? Brother Earls? how can we be the light if we look just like them? How can we be the light if our light, no, no, no. It's so dim. I'm not saying it's so dim that how can you lead anybody to Christ if you're like, if there's no separation? You got to create separation and then you got to maintain separation. Worldliness has to go. Hey, you're looking at a 34 year old young man and I'm nothing. You, under, you hear me today. I'm nothing, but I represent a generation. And I pre, I, I'm speaking to a generation or for a generation of young preachers that still stands for separation. I still stand and understand the revelation that we've got to create separation and we've got to maintain it. There's still, it's still popular to preach holiness and separation. It's still popular to say, to call worldliness worldliness and call holiness holiness. The, elder, don't be worried. Brother Sergeant, don't worry. It's I still lives in me. We gotta be separate. I wonder if we can stand across this this congregation. You're frustrated. You're, you're, matter of fact, I'm just gonna say, you're ticked off in your spirit. You, 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 it has rubbed you so wrong that your pastor would tell you, "No, the reason you're not being used is because of this, and the reason that, and even this preaching today has rubbed you sideways." But you hear me today there's a power in it. you could go you could go somewhere else you could find a church that'll fit your type if you, if you will and, and your stance and your your level of holiness and consecration. you can find it out there. you listen to me any of you young men that's got the call of God on your life you're gonna find your anointing. you're gonna find you're gonna find out who you are in God and in your ministry, in a place where there's separation. You'll wonder. oh you're with a group of people. You have a church but you're, you're just wandering. you don't you have no find that you, you don't know your identity as a young man and the gospel, as a preacher of the gospel, but a place where there's separation, you'll find it. If you're here today and this is your first time in Absof Church. And you've looked, you've come here today. Or maybe like I said I hadn't been here in a while. Maybe you've been coming for a few services and you've been looking for something different. Then you're in the right place. Cuz there's separation. God loves you the way that you are. That's right. But he wants you to come to an altar of repentance. And he wants to change you. He doesn't want to leave you. He's not gonna leave you like he found you. He wants there to be a change. He wants you to be baptized in Jesus' name after you repent of your sins. He wants to fill you with the Holy Ghost. And from that point, you begin to create separation. Hey, you have to do it. You can't, God can't do it, He could do anything. I about said something. Not true. He can do anything, but he requires us to do some things. Hey, you have a free will. If you want worldliness, that's what you'll have. But if you want anointing, if you want power, if you want favor, then there'll be separation. I close with this. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw also the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. Above it stood stood the seraphims. Each one had six wings, and twine he covered his face, and with twine he covered his feet, and with twine he did fly. And one cried unto another and said, Holy, 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 it's the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the post of the door moved at the voice of him that cried. And the house was filled with smoke. Isaiah says this in verse 5 Then I said, I, then I, then said I, excuse me, Woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of people. Of unclean lips. For mine eyes have seen the King of the Lord of hosts. Then flew one of the seraphims unto me, having the live coal in his hand, which he had taken with the tongues off of the altar, and he laid it upon my mouth and said, Lo, this hath touched my lips, and thine iniquity is taken away, and thy sin purged. If you come today, we have entered in. Brother Oswald, you were were so in the Holy Ghost today. He's here. I feel such an angelic host in this sanctuary. And he is here. And I can hear, I heard it as y'all sang that last choir song. Holy, holy, holy. And you may have come into this sanctuary here today with worldliness all in your life. You might be so, you're swimming in worldliness. You might be a sinner that has not found forgiveness or a place of repentance. But just as Isaiah here, he confessed, he recognized, I am a man of unclean lips and I dwell. There needs to be a a realization here today. That I'm a sinner, that I've been living in a, a, a lifestyle of worldliness and sinfulness and unrighteousness. If you'll do that, if you'll come, we're gonna open this front of this, this building and make an altar out of it. If you'll come, and if you'll repent of your sins, God will, He'll remove that from you. He will forgive you of all your sins. And the beauty of it, it just, it doesn't stop it at forgiveness and repentance, but there's a baptism tank that's ready, and there's a burial, and when you're baptized in the name of Jesus, they're buried forever. You went, at, went in that water as one individual, but you came out a new creature. And then, thank God, it doesn't stop there, but we have the opportunity to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost by the evidence of speaking in tongues. The Bible tells us that you got to be be born again of water and spirit. I wonder today, I know this has been different, but that's all I have. I wonder if we could come. They're going to start singing, but I wonder if we could come Sinner, let's get some things right. Saint, let's clean the things out. I want to be closer to God. Maybe you've been in the church a long time, but you've never, never really disciplined yourself. Today's a good day to start. I'm going to create separation, and I'm going to continue to maintain it. Come on. All worldliness has got to go the form of it. Come on, out of here. Come on.